Hello, welcome to the Smarticle Podcast. Each day on the show, we take an interesting idea or topic and dissect it. All we ask of you is that you give us 15 minutes so that we can entertain you. And maybe, just maybe, you might learn something new. Welcome to God Talk Friday and Smarticle. Brandon, please don't use any F words today. Let's take five seconds. All right. You always shorten it, by the way, Larry. That was three and a half seconds. Okay. Well, thank you for counting because I was in. Can you uh, tell us before we get started why we do your five seconds or you just want to keep it a mystery? I do want to keep it a mystery. Can I keep it a mystery? Okay. That's fair. But then let's go five seconds next time. Well, when People Magazine interviews us, I'll spell it out as to why we do have five (laughs) seconds. I pray to God that we don't. That People Magazine is not our ultimate example. It is that for we me. Made it. I want I want New York New York Times, Wall Street Journal, something like Great. that. Great People Magazine. My mom will love it. She'll love seeing you as the centerfold of People Magazine. Brandon. <laughs> I'll keep it clean, Larry. It's a God Talk Friday. It is God Talk Friday. We're going. Uh, our good friends at the Center for Action and Contemplation are going through a series called Second Half of Life, which I know Brandon's eyes just completely light up when we start uh, talking about the second half of life. Today's entry is entitled. A breakthrough in consciousness. This is part of a series called Falling Upward, The Second Half of Life. And it's a very fa- it's a title of a roar book that I love called The F- Falling Upward. And it's sort of an excerpt of that idea. Just before we get going, mm. I do remember the very first time you walked into my house 20 years ago. And you looked at me and the wife and said, you two are never going to get to the second half of life. I just remember. I don't believe it was 20 years ago, but it was probably more like 10 but it was, uh, no, that's not what we said. You started asking me about Roar. And I no, said, no, you t- you very emphatically. No, what I said was, no, what I said, if you rewind the tape, and it's a, I'm going to keep it, I'm a calm, because you like to stir things up, even on a God Talk Friday. So, Pat, Pat Olson. I had discovered Roar through some people that turned me on to Roar, and this idea of a second half of life came about. Larry, you want to try to explain what a second half of life is? No, but I'm just saying, could you do it in 10 seconds so we get to the text? I basically, we talked about it and and you both said, I don't think I could give that up. And then I said, well, then you're not going to be in the second half of life. And that made your wife so mad. She this got so sweet. mad at me. I could have read the whole thing, but I'm just going to read a smidge. The first half of our lives is spent building an identity, establishing our security, defining our boundaries, creating a safety zoning, have, having controllable order. We can liken this first stage of life to operating on lower levels of consciousness we cannot know a deeper divine reality if we live only on levels of mediocrity and self-preservation that first half of life we are created out of love and are made to energize the world in love aging can either be a life of nostalgia or a wholehearted engagement with the future it is a disruptive process as things break down friends and pets die houses are sold and memories of the past haunt the present months melt into years and we find ourselves in the flow of life. If you're on your phone, you're driving the kids between soccer practice and piano practice, training for a marathon and binging shows. I feel like you might not have any time left to get into the flow of life, Brandon. Mm -hmm. That's it. I think that the the thing, there's two parts in this that really struck, that reached out to me, struck me, was the first was that idea. Are you going to live in nostalgia? Are you going to think about all the things that happened in your life or are you going to look into the future and say, how am I going to live my life in this moment and moving forward as opposed to looking backwards? That really was stuck me because I tend to be nostalgic. Ah, oh, remember when this thing happened or that thing happened? And, and there's nothing wrong with enjoying a little nostalgia. 
But at the end of the day, it's not a good thing to have. So I feel like we're very similar. I am definitely nostalgic. I see my 16-year-old daughter all the time, and I'm like, I wish she was still five. I wish I could go back and hold her hand when she was a little girl. They're like, I'm always like in between nostalgia and reality. Mm-hmm. A little tip from me that I've thought of is like time doesn't operate. Like, I'm not gonna die and have to wait 40 years for her to die, mm-hmm. and then we'll be together again. Like, if you believe in time is exponential or around us all the time, we are gonna be able to experience all those moments forever at some particular point again. Right. I know that seems like a little bit confusing. So there really isn't time, you don't need nostalgia. No, I, I agree. And I I think that the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that nostalgia is kind of the enemy of the soul. That I mm. think that it locks us down. It's it's no different in some ways than like binging Netflix for twelve hours or not exercising or whatever. It's just it's not helpful. It's not a creative. It doesn't move you forward in your life or your spiritual life. So I spent oh gosh ten hours in a car with a buddy who I had introduced falling upwards to. Now he loved this guy. He is the nicest, kindest, right. gentlest guy. But okay. I will, I'm giving a disclaimer. Grandpa Van, Grandpa Brandon, go okay. on. Tell us okay. a large story. Yes. So he, but he basically had a huge problem with roar and falling upwards. And he, what he didn't like was I kept trying to tell him, I'm like, that's what roar's talking about. Your reaction to him is exactly what he's talking about, which is if you are so worried about ego and rules, i.e., there's a right way and there's a wrong way. You got to go to church on Sundays. You got to do this. Then you will never get to the second half of life of fully embracing the spirit of God. And it was just like, well, there has to be, otherwise people will do whatever they want. I'm like, yes, that's the point. But if you're trying to achieve closeness with God, then doing whatever you want is going to be a good thing, not a bad thing. And so, but it was just, it's so hard for some people to live in a black and white world. That was, by the way, the reason why your wife lost her mind about when I said that. It's because basically I said, hey, at some point you might need to give up your family. And she was like, that is never going to happen. Not going to happen. And now she'd be like, you know, if that has to happen, that has to happen. That's different. The, the subset of what you're saying is that first half of life, though, is very important. Like, yeah. we need to go to a soccer field and say, like, yes. there's winning and losing. We need to tell our kids there are bad people and good people. Yes. Don't cross on a red light. Like, black and white is needed. But here's the point. You have to, you have to at some point, move on to the next part of life. Absolutely. And I'm just wondering... I mean, you were part of the reason that I, I'm moving that direction. Why is it so hard for people to move past black and white and get to the second part? Well, I think because that it frames our life. It makes it, we can get up and we can say, if I do X, then Y will happen. It's, it just makes yeah. our life easier. Like evangelical Christians, it's easier to believe yes. that there's a good and a bad. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Right. It doesn't make sense. So why should I follow Jesus if there's no yeah. devil to scare me and demons yeah. behind trees and yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. And I think that it's because what ultimately is you have to remove the the guardrails from your life. You remove the guardrails and find peace by allowing yourself to sit in the quiet. Right? You don't need the guardrails anymore, hopefully in your second half of life, because you are not going to say, well, if I cross against the red light, I'm going to get hit by the car. You already know that, right? So you say, I don't need to be told not cross against the red light. I know that that's something that's not good for me. But what is good for me is maybe I shouldn't be crossing against the light at all. Maybe I shouldn't be leaving to go to that thing. So there are things that we need to remove from our life that are, we, we, it's not like 
family's unimportant. Obviously not. We love our families. But if your family is an idol, and you're, we know men and women that do that, they make their kids into these little automaton robots that they're like, they have to be perfect. Well, guess what? Your kid's going to go away. Your kid's going to come out gay. Your kid's going to be trans. Your kid's going to all sort of, you can't control their life. And if that's what you put all your treasures in, then you will be in trouble. Did you ever read Paulo Coelho's The Alchemist? Have you ever read that book? I did not. Sounds good. You need to go pick it up. It's just a simple philosophy book about this guy that goes searching for his treasure. And he goes, he leaves his home in Andalusia in Spain and he travels the then kind of world and he's a goat, he's a sheep herder, I think. And he travels and he finds all these adventures. And at the end of the book, I'm not going to spoil it because I want you to read it. He does discover his treasure. And the whole point of the story is being aware of where your treasure actually is. And I think that that's what falling upwards is all about. It's like, okay, did that job promotion make your life better? Maybe. But did it make you more at peace? Did getting all that money make you happier? Doesn't sound like it did, right? And I'm not saying it couldn't. But that's a guardrail as opposed to saying, I can live in peace. This Franciscan sister, Franciscans basically come from the school of Francis. He's like, go out into the world and serve people, care for people, because by caring for people, you care for your soul. And I think that's the point of this. Yeah, if you're grinding through the gears of life, I mean, eventually at 50, you become, let's say you become a VP. I mean, not everybody comes. Then eventually you go look back like, well, what was that? for that I mean uh maybe a kid dies because of cancer or your wife dies or you get divorced and you're like well I worked so hard at this thing and then it got taken away that's essentially how some most people he talked about this pain moves you into the second half of life absolutely and I think that that idea of finally waking up one day and saying what is this all about there's that yeah. movie that I think it was called the doctor and it's about this arrogant surgeon who gets cancer and he finally realizes that all his arrogance, all the things he'd done meant nothing because he was yeah. facing death. He was staring into the abyss. So it's like, that's what Roar's trying to get people to do, or people like Roar trying to get people to do, is to stare into the abyss and realize it's not a practice run. No matter how many shows you stream on, and not that yeah. watching shows on Netflix is bad, not that doing anything, but it doesn't, all those things are not going to draw you closer to the essence of your soul and of the universe. So, so think about where you spend your time. Think about how you do what you do. I'm going to get, yeah, I got, you try to give me trouble for saying all Asian people I'm racist <laughs> and you're, you're making fun of bingers. So my daughter is 16 years old and she had a, like a little bit of a breakdown. She was saying, I work so hard. I don't get good grades. I play volleyball so hard. I'm not starting on the team. She had this like moment of like banging her head. She's like, I'm doing all these things. They're not really paying off. Even at 16, she was mm. feeling this. And I told her, I said, you know, there's the life that we see. And whenever you keep banging your head on the wall, it doesn't work. There's the other like sort of spiritual realm. Now you could believe in God or not, mm-hmm. but I do believe there's another realm, which is the second half of life. Mm-hmm. Like, can you see the other realm that God has created that is just as important as the actual physical realm? And can you jump into that realm? Can you see the bigger meaning and it was interesting that even a 16-year-old needed it needed as just as much as a 50-year-old. Well, and what that meaning gives you is to be to keep to hold things loosely in your hand. Like, okay, yep. is she going to play? Uh, uh, okay, is she going to play on the Olympic volleyball team? Yep. Probably not. And if she yep. did play on the Olympic volleyball team, d- do those people make millions of dollars? No, they don't. So it's all keeping it all into perspective of what 
she's doing, and I personally know this kid and know her to be of great character, she's a hard worker. She is yeah. a dedicated human being. She has her black belt in karate because she spent years training to do it. She's an awesome kid. That's going to pay off for her. But right now at 16, it's really hard for her to see that as a payoff. That all those people, maybe that were maybe the star volleyball player on her team, who's to say they've actually had to work that hard? I, I don't know. And it, it's not comparing yourself to them, but understanding that it's all working towards that great unknown is really what it comes down to. Dude, I love that analogy. Letting go, right? Are you gripping? Like, are you gripping on your religion? Are you holding on to the, hey, man, I got to convert people to say Jesus coming up and that's all you're gripping on? Or do you go like, hey, man, maybe it's a little bit bigger than me. I'm yeah. going to just let God, let, I'm going to let God have that a little bit. I'm going to push back just a little bit on this because I want to answer that person right Ooh. now that's like, but Larry, if you don't want to do these things, like if you don't want to save the world, then who's going to? And I'm like, you're just going to sit there and do nothing. That's not the point of second half of life. The second half of life is by going into the second half of life, you actually want to serve the world more honestly and with more integrity than you do in the first half because you're not doing it for ego. You're doing it because God's creation is important to foster. So it's like the person that says, gets mad at you because you didn't do something, quote unquote, holy enough. You didn't serve the poor. You didn't. I don't know, whatever Christian, you didn't adopt, you didn't do whatever, you didn't stop abortion. I didn't go didn't, on a mission trip. Didn't go on a mission trip. You didn't do all things that are, quote unquote, really super important in the evangelical world, the Christian world or whatever. And you, But they don't understand those things are not bad, but they will not lead you to the second half of life. What will lead you to the second half of life is sitting and being present in the, in the, with the Spirit of God. And they would say, well, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, no, you're not. You're gripping, dude. You are gripping. You're getting mad at other people for not doing that. That is the exact opposite of living a second half of life. That's all about ego. That's not about understanding what God is. So I'm going to make an executive decision on the oh. behalf of me and you. When our garage oh. band gets out and goes plays our first gig, we're going to be sure. called the second half of life. That's oh. going to be the name I'm in. of our band. I'm in. Let's do it. Okay, good. I knew you would. Make it an executive decision. Brandon, thank you. I know your eyes light up whenever we talk about the second half of life. Thank you very much, Brandon.